0: So it is the 4th of July, and 4th of July, I feel like, is one of the bigger musical holidays. I know, Neil, we do like a Christmas song every year on the pod, and Halloween has like its kind of vibey time. Thanksgiving, not so mm-hmm. much. New Year's, you have the one song. But like, I feel like 4th of July is almost built around uh, like a grill playlist. Um, you know, like you're gonna be somewhere listening Certainly. to music. Yeah, there's
2: not classic Fourth of July songs like other holidays, but that's like when a lot of good stuff's out, and you can you can name some songs.
0: Well, it's it's more like you 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 you're at the water listening to music, right? That's that's how I've always. I grew up or like where people would go to the lake or the river to listen to music on the fourth and drink, obviously, and grill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, Tal. I know you're from a, a Canadian, but. And and you guys don't celebrate the Fourth of July, so this may not be (laughs) the best question to ask. But what since you've been in the states, like, do you do anything special music related?
3: I usually just go wherever the grill's at. Typically, we do have Canada (laughs) Day. We have Canada Day in Canada, which is on July first, actually. Oh, really? Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's our that's our Independence Day, and. uh I actually did once in Toronto see a free Bare Naked Ladies concert on Canada Day. <laughs> and that's probably the most Canadian wow. Canada Day I've ever had. Were the Bare Naked Ladies from Canada? Oh, yeah. Oh, and boy, this was goodness. not like in the 90s. This was like four or five years ago. This was Just a so n- for nostalgia for tour.
0: Bare Naked Ladies.
3: Yeah, they were great. They've got to be, you know, reunion tour, close to fifty at least at this point. They were good. They were they, they were good live. I enjoyed it. I saw them with my parents.
0: The heyday was like for me, like, thir- 12, thirteen. When I had a mi- if I had a million dollars, that was their big song, right.
3: That was, that's one of them I'll tell you what From I, I can't believe we're g- going in this direction But when they like became popular in the United States Because they were popular in Canada for a while When they were like teenagers They became popular And then they hit in the United States And it was like We've made it Like the entire country is like We've made it Bare naked ladies are huge in the United States We're finally you know, Now there's like Drake and Bieber And like you know Tons of huge artists, but at that time, that was huge, huge, a huge deal in Canada, that Bare Naked Ladies became popular in the United States.
0: Had there been a long, like, drought between Neil Young and the band, and then it it took Bare Naked Ladies to get Canada back on the map?
3: maybe there may have been a drought i haven't thought about it. like that that time the other biggest canadian band was the tragically hip but they never made like hit in the united states but they're yeah, tragically tra- and they tragically <laughs> but they were but that but it was cool that there was i think after a while the the you know the most canadians were like well that there are special like secret you know yeah well and they're a very canadian band like three of the guys in the band are named Gord. you know i'm not kidding it's it's <laughs> like, or gordon <laughs> At least two Gordons in the Tragically Hip. Oh my God.
0: Definitely probably all hockey players.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. So they had been like the big arena band in Canada, but they had never, they were only that popular in in Canada. So I think when a band that was kind of also very Canadian became really popular in the United States, it was like incredibly validating.
0: (laughs) For an entire population.
3: Yeah, for the whole country. It was a big deal.
0: That's funny. It's funny yeah. to mentioning Neil Young, too, because he is, and I know he's probably considered more Southern California probably associated with than Canada. Well, at this
3: point, he's probably lived longer in in California than he did in,
0: yeah. in uh, Canada. But, you know, listen, we claim him. You know, yeah, sure. absolutely. I would if he was from Mississippi. But yeah. <laughs> he's playing, which I've never seen him, and I've always wanted to. But he's playing four fucking nights at, at the, the Ford. Ford. The second, third, fourth, and fifth. Mm-hmm. And I'm wow. not in town. I'm going to be in Florida, Ooh. baking in the sun, listening to Gloria Estefan and other Cuban <laughs> beats at my girlfriend's parents' house for the fourth. So,
2: Yeah, he's playing the Greek, too, which I'm going to. That was my
3: Father's Day gift. This, has he been touring? Like I assumed he stopped pl- performing live a long time ago.
2: Well, it's, it's been five years it's been a while. since that okay. toured, I think.
3: My kid just started getting into him. It's fucking hilarious. He's three, hey, and man. he's been singing along to Rockin' in the Free World." It's incredible. Oh, he yeah. loves that song. Hey, Neil.
0: Neil. Neil has a lot of ah. lot of stuff to to get into.
3: Oh yeah, that's a deep dive.
0: Anyway, the <laughs> uh, but speaking of of Canada and all things in Canada Day, uh, our guest. Mm-hmm. Th- th- happy first. <laughs> yeah, happy happy first. Now, welcome
3: back to the Canadian <laughs> Music Podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: C- cmp is the channel that we are associated with um that's right but tal Pinchewski is our guest for the next three episodes uh welcome to pod gave rock and roll to you glad to have you yes
3: happy you're here thanks buddy. guys good to be here
0: so we like to introduce our guests to the millions of listeners which is a Super original joke I make every time we introduce a guest <laughs> by asking a give it to give us a little overview of your musical taste, just kind of what you listened to what what you liked what you've grown up with evolved into, et cetera et cetera
3: yeah, I think it's a generic answer, but it's completely across the board i've always. Listen to all kinds of things across multiple genres. I usually like, I was that guy in like middle school and high school who loved to find like the super indie stuff that no one else had discovered. The cool guy. I mean, I wouldn't Uh go that far, but there was a (laughs) DJ, there was a radio DJ in Montreal when I grew up who was bilingual. He had a show in English and in French and he was like obsessed with like, that's where I first heard Pavement. I'm pretty sure he's... He's the mm-hmm. first time I ever heard me- anyone mention Radiohead, like a lot know. of that. But I also think growing up from, you know, dating myself a bit, but like growing up in middle school and high school in like the mid nineties, you-, you were exposed to the, you know, grunge, whatever you wanted to call it, yeah. which is, you know, phenomenal and like Metallica and Guns N' Roses at their absolute peak. And like gangster Rap and Biggie and Tupac, and there was just so much epic stuff going on across all different genres that I think I just got, kind of got into everything. And so yeah. now there are still bands I can mention that I love that I don't know anyone else who's ever... Heard. I feel like, Josh, I'll text you. It's like, hey, have you heard of these guys? And, <laughs> like, no.
2: <laughs> it's not for public consumption. It's like two or three.
3: So there's a few. I, I, I'd love it if you guys knew them. So there's one called Paw, P-A-W. They were, I think they were from Texas or Oklahoma. They were like a rock band, but had a bit of a, a twang to them. They had a, an okay. album called hmm. Dragline, which is phenomenal. And uh, another band it was one of the Seattle bands called Seaweed. You are correct, sir. They were on the Clerks soundtrack, the original Clerks Ah, soundtrack. okay. And then, of course, you know, Nirvana, uh, Alice in Chains, Dre, Biggie. um, And
0: then you're you're the kind of regulars for people around our age, right? Yeah, exactly. I
3: think, uh, you know, I'm trying to think if there's any more obscure stuff, but that was, I don't know. I'm sure there is more that I can't quite remember now, but definitely Guns N' Roses at their peak. And, yeah, I mean, Nirvana was a big one for me. I saw them live. Like, I, you know, that was that – was, I still listen to it all the time. Interesting. Uh, okay. Um, that's, yeah. a,
0: that's a good segue into my second question for all of our guests, mm-hmm. which is give us, like, your top two or three, like, favorite live shows you've ever seen.
3: Your Nirvana was one of the – Kurt Cobain was dead, like, six months later. Right? You know, and Shit. it was just – it was, like, one of my first epic – Mosh pits. I don't know if I need to explain to your listeners what a mosh pit <laughs> is, but anyways, and like I remember, Grohl was like, "That's the hardest I'd ever heard anyone hit his his kit." Yeah, ever, for sure was Dave Grohl. I guess probably middle school at that time, and just it was. Uh, it's like one of these like seminal live music experiences, not for lacking sure, in for
0: testosterone. Me. Uh, is, no, is we're saying, no.
3: So. <laughs> okay. and it was actually at the it was in the arena where my high school hockey team played, actually. So we would oh, occasionally damn. have practices there the same day that like a band would be playing there. And we had a practice. I'm deviating a bit here, but it's a quick story. We had a practice one day. We looked up in the crowd and Green Day was there watching us practice. <laughs> I swear to God. And then I went and then I went to see them that night uh, at the Verdun Auditorium. Holy shit. So, that's what I like to hear. stuff like that would happen at that venue, the Verdun Auditorium. I don't even know if it still even exists. Shout, like
0: shout out Verdun Auditorium. All right, give us give mm-hmm. us give us one more live show that that stands out.
3: Yeah, the one I was going to mention. This was it was an interest again, it's, this is when I was living in New York. I think courvassier sponsored this event at like a big hall and it was a uh, I don't even know how I got invited to this thing, but it was you know it was a pretty cool, ritzy, very like hip shindig, and I went there with my girlfriend who eventually became my wife, and it was uh, the Strokes opened for Kanye. Oh shit!
0: <laughs> yeah, is like a private event. Uh, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like Strayhan was there. What? I remember seeing Michael Strayhan there, and like, what was, year like, was this? Uh, two thousand seven, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean that's pretty good shit. I think you're like at the peak of like pop, yeah. You know, just popular music. And that's, I, that's, that's, I'm a huge fan of both hell those of the
3: artists. Definitely, Kanye was on stage at like two in the morning, so it was a late <laughs> night. And but, uh,
0: hey, but yeah. but worth. Those are the late nights that are worth it, right?
3: Absolutely. It was on. It was on the Bowery. I forget the name of the place, but anyways. Well,
0: the last question I have for you is. Give me like a newer band or a band you've discovered in the last couple of years. Doesn't even have to be new that you would recommend to uh, the listeners here.
3: Oh, there's there's a bunch like there's it's so easy to discover new music now. You it's know true. I mean? It's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like I'll find bands on Instagram. I'm like these guys are fantastic. You know? and I'll <laughs> just follow them. Uh, I think I've texted you about these guys. There's a band I've gotten super into. In the last like four or five years, called L ten eleven E L yeah ten eleven, and it's a two man group and it's just a drummer with a huge kit and the other member has like a double bass and guitar rig that and he just loops ah, tons nice. of loops over each other. They're, it's all instrumental. There's no vocals. Um, big fan of theirs. And then I think another one who I've texted you about is this. Uh, singer-songwriter from ireland named james vincent mcmorrow oh yeah yeah, and uh i yeah, know him and he's yeah i love his stuff so those are two two more recent ones that i got super into in, over the last like three four years i'd say
0: nice nice well yeah. you kind of went from hard and, and and getting a little heavy to like to soft there at the end which mm. which is a good landing place for, for what we're going to talk about this week. So, <laughs> so on that note, uh, you were listening to Pod Gabe Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are talking about The Cure, uh, specifically their song Pictures of You from their 1990 album Disintegration. Written by Boris Williams, Simon Gallup, Roger O'Donnell, Robert Smith, Paul Thompson, and Lowell Tolhurst, and produced by Robert Smith and Dave Allen. And released own fiction.
2: Did you say poor old Thompson? Poral. His name is Poral. <laughs> P O R L. Poor old Thompson. Oh,
1: poor old Thompson.
2: Well, when I think of Fourth of July, I naturally think about The Cure. <laughs> um, no, I really, really love this song. I mean, sometimes. Um, when we're choosing a song, I certainly have buyer's remorse. So I'm like, fuck, why did I choose that one? But that <laughs> this was not that. Um, as soon as I chose it and started listening the next day, I was like, God, I can definitely, I can't wait to dig in and listen to this all week. It was on a mixtape I had in college, like an actual cassette back oh, in the of day. Of course
3: it
1: was.
2: And, you know, someone had given it to me. So back in the day when you had a cassette unlabeled, put it in, you don't know what's coming. And this came on. And, I'm hoping uh, someone just you
3: caught, had a relationship with. Uh, yeah it was yeah, a, it was a breakup mix that they gave to you basically
2: <laughs> but back in the day like you just put something on you don't know what's coming this came on i really dug the sound and then just the way the song is structured you know he comes in like a minute and a half into the song singing so that was almost like it i already liked it and then it kind of just took on a different uh kind of sound at that point this song is when i uh when i basically it solidified my cure fandom like i I, I definitely loved all their kind of pop hits through the late 80s and 90s. But this is like, I finally got it. I was like, since then, it's been my favorite Cure song. And they certainly have poppier songs, but I think this is a better piece of art, just the sentiment and believability of what he's saying, whether he meant it or not. Like, I kind of believe his obsession in this song. And I really like songs like this, where there's not a you know, there's a lot going on, but the at its core, it's very simple. It's all about a feeling, a vibe, and then just layering in kind of the emotion on top. And I think, uh I just really love what, what they did here. I, th- I think it's a yeah. fantastic song. Nice.
3: Yeah, it's a classic Cure song. I, mean, I always thought the Cure were kind of criminally underrated. You know, like Neil was mentioning, they're known for their pop hits, but they're, you know, they have had a few songs I've kind of randomly discovered that I I really liked immediately. Actually, it's funny because one of them, probably my favorite Cure song, is uh, is Plain Song. Yeah, is that the name of right it? Right before is, it's, yeah, the yeah, it's it's on it's this it's, album. It's the, yeah, it's the opening track on this album, and then uh, Pictures of You is the second track on this album. So, and it's again very much the same vibe. Those two songs. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a classic like breakup remix song. Like you know, it's. <laughs> the lyrics are, are great and and there's it's emotional and just the, the the pacing and the interplay between the the bass and the guitar and in that intro you know i feel like the the bass is like a little more active in the yeah harmonizing between the instruments which reminded me a bit of like other bands of that time like i, I felt like new order was a mm-hmm. band like, that was like that a little bit but anyways yeah classic cure
0: yeah i'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit different direction than you guys. I, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier. And he's like, "What song are you guys doing?" And I'm like, "Cure picture." He's like, "Oh, dude, I love the Cure. It's my favorite Cure song." I'm like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, it's, it's not mine. Yeah, I, I don't. And I, and I say that like I don't know when I heard this song. I don't. I don't think it would got a lot of radio play. I'm not no. sure about that. So I, I don't really know. I don't think so. Why
2: was it even released as a single? It, they it made was, a video.
0: Yeah, it was the fourth oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. single from this album. Okay. Yeah, I don't even think my older siblings had this record or anything like that. I think, and coming into this week, if you would have said, what year did this come out? I would have been like 1985. I had no idea it was released in 1990. <laughs> like, no idea that they were releasing music in the early 90s. I thought they were kind of like mm-hmm. done by like 88. But that's just, I, I just don't know a whole lot about The Cure except for, you know, five or six of their songs. But it, it is an undeniably good song. The high is great. But it's just one of those songs, like, I would prefer to listen to in, like, a 30-second to a minute clip.
2: Yeah. It's a journey. It's a journey. You gotta sit down. It's a
0: journey without enough (laughs) variation is is what I'm saying. It's a cool vibe, and they really sit in it for a long time for there to be that little change in what's happening in the song. And honestly, the intro in the regular song and not the radio edit, it's just kind of boring. To, for me, it's, it's just like, all right, come on, get to the best part, which is the lyric, and, and start singing. And so I just think it's like checking my watch time. But <laughs> I, and, and just To relax, Josh. It's just, just so just... jangly and swirly. And, and yes, the interplay uh-huh. is good for a little while, but then it just gets a little old at a certain point. The song, to me, there's something about it that I, I understand it's emotional, but it's also just kind of neutral. I'm not really sure how i'm supposed to feel when i listen to it like sad hopeful depressed nostalgic (laughs) you know and maybe that's the point i mean that that you know it's a it's a lot it encompasses a lot of emotions and that's and that's fine but it it, in that doing that it keeps me from getting emotionally involved in the song um even though as i said i recognize recognize that inherently it is a good song
2: yeah yeah i mean i like the jangling that's one thing i love about it um (laughs)
0: You're a jangler. You're a midnight
1: jangler. Yeah,
2: I think the, the emotion is like, anytime you look at pictures of old lovers, like, you just drift towards like what you lost all the good times. You obviously fucked it up or someone fucked it up. And it's just, it's, it's that longing and pain because you're just looking at this beautiful picture that encompasses everything good about the relationship, but not thinking about the bad stuff. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And I think that is the best part of the song is the lyric and the thread. He kind of weaves from, Mm -hmm. because I love the notion of the name of the song is pictures of you. It's a very great, Thread to start off on it. There's not really a chorus in this song, but he starts Mm -hmm. off the song with that. And every line just follows like, okay, this guy found some is thinking about this person, whether he found a picture or saw a picture or is just, it's just memories in general. It's just, I thought of something or I saw something It reminded me of you. And now I'm thinking about all these things. And I love the way he weaves that together.
3: He's breaking apart all his pictures of you. It's not even just—that's <laughs> what he says, right? Break, I, yes. I oh, be yeah. Breaking apart all my pictures of you. <laughs> I don't know. Interpret that any way you like. He's—it's—it's, it's, but it's uh, intense emotional expression from Robert Smith.
2: Yeah. One thing I like about it is it feels like it was just that it happened quickly, or it's one vibe that he tapped into and like really just took it all the way to the end zone or whatever. Just because because it is so simple, like you said, Josh, it, it can be boring if, if, if you're not totally into the sound. But personally, I hear a lot going on, and it does change a lot. It's very subtle, but all the riffs are always changing. There's like three or four different guitars weaving in and out. And it's very nuanced, but I, I definitely... Nuance
0: is the right word. I, but, but just to not leave the lyric quite yet, it's funny just how much of a poet he is i'm not gonna say he's trying to be but is because like when you look at this lyric there's just certain things are really kind of pushing the like i am as i ran to your heart to be near how i always held (laughs) close in your fear you know you were bigger and brighter and wider than snow (laughs) it's just yeah no
2: the whole thing really
0: going into that like i'm a poet aspect of 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 songwriting
2: yeah. The, the words and the delivery. Um, there's not many people that can pull it off the way he does. You know, it's a fine line. It's but
0: his delivery, I mean, if you move to the vocal, his delivery is almost like, it's so earnest. It's, it's almost hard to take seriously.
2: No, no. I, I think in the wrong hands or other bands, there's a lot of bands that try this, but I think the cure is right in that wheelhouse of like, cause it is close, you know? Um, it, you know in a different mood if i listen to the cure i can be like you know a little turned off like all right enough but this song in general and just i'd say 90 percent of the time they're right in the pocket of like perfect whining and
3: poetry <laughs> yeah but think how many people there are who are just like just a little bit more uh in touch with their emotions however you want to describe mm-hmm. it, you know? See, you know? now and, you're going Yeah, <laughs> for
2: some people he's not going far enough. It's a spectrum.
3: It's like a spectrum and for people who are a little more emotional about these things, like Robert's, you know, Robert Smith is their their guy, you know. Right. He's he speaks to them personally <laughs> like that is a you fair know, we point. can get into this later but the whole emo like this whole emo I've, I've seen like i was doing a little research and i saw some people posting are the cure emo or are they goth and i was like they're pure emo like they've like they might be the originators of emo. yeah,
2: yeah they look it's goth. pure like
3: emotion. <laughs> yeah yeah pure emotion which i feel now we have all this like millennial music with this like generation who are so in touch with their their emotions like I feel like if Robert Smith was a rapper he'd probably be like Drake you know what I mean he's like the biggest (laughs) artist in the world there it is
2: there it is
3: I, I, he's, he's like I like. I don't know if you saw the most recent Batman movie, but like Robert Pattinson as emo Batman. Like oh he god, looks he like does. Robert. He looks he like does. yeah,
0: Smith. yeah. You you yeah, combine yeah. Batman and the Joker in Robert Pattinson's em- emotional face, uh, and you have Robert yeah. Smith. Mm-hmm. That's true. What I was a, like what? emo
3: emo Batman looks like Robert Smith. This is what weird. a
0: fucking <laughs> picture! Oh my god. What? <laughs> I do like how he resolves, like, even though, you know, Poe, like, as I ran to it to be near, like, he's almost whispering at the end of every other mm-hmm. line, which adds to the emotional heft. And it's also something that, that really, it, it kind of forces you to listen to the words, which, again, going back to my favorite part of the song, I, I love how he's able to do that very efficiently. And, and you kind of know, like, this is a song that I'm not like, what did he say? What are this? What is the words to the song? Like if you listen to it, mm-hmm. you can pretty much pick up mm-hmm. every word he's saying.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the coolest things is just melodically what he's doing. It's not um, too uh, difficult, but it's just uh, there were good decisions made and the cadence of the way he sings because it's very all very similar, but just a little different.
0: I mean, it's nuanced. He he makes subtle changes at certain times that because the verses here are just one four. That's it he's just going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your most basic two chords that and just and barely
2: just, like <laughs> actually like there's not even many chords played there's just all these like strings going on that are kind of loosely going one four it's it's very loose it's it's basically just one with a little hint of four here and there
0: well he does make the decision to kind of start the song off with like a, a five six combination like you know it's like a the five and then like the minor chord. And then he goes and then he like brings it up to the, I've been, Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't change. I mean, it goes back to that five when they get to like the bridge at the end, you know, the, I've been thinking of the right words. If only I could, but Mm -hmm. that's it. It, Again, the variations in the melody are probably, honestly, the melody is probably why I find the song kind of dull after a while, because it just doesn't do anything different. And I'm not sure musically it does enough with like the nuance isn't enough to keep me engaged.
2: Yeah. Does So does the radio edit just cut that third verse, that third double verse out? The radio does, edit so it goes shortens right... the beginning. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think they do just enough because um, I like, even if it was just the first three or four minutes, I'd like it. And then when I was listening this week, they do that bridge and then there's that, that outro, like that outro really helps. Like, cause if it just went on and on picture, yeah, we get it. Pictures, picture. Yeah. You, you're fucking looking at pictures. We, but like just that the end where you, it starts to, it actually changes a lot of chords there and kind of just starts building up, which it, that it really needs that. That's well, that nice kind of gives so.
0: you the idea. Cause you don't really know what he's talking about, but the picture's breaking apart. I mean, I guess that's, I'm losing, that's I'm losing the memory. So he does kind of, the the jangle comes a little more dis un, unorganized, which creates the picture of pictures of you disintegrating, right? Which also goes yeah. with the album name. So good on you, Robert Smith.
3: <laughs> tying. Sorry, intro. Is the intro also uh, is it unusually long? Or yeah. is that just something it's I'm. It's very thinking? long. Like a lot of their songs are like that, right? Where they it's kind of it's almost like this one in particular, it's almost two different songs basically. <laughs> when the-
2: everyone's just looking at Robert Smith and he's like, not yet. Not yet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. How long does
0: this go when they do it live? Yeah, I, the, the live version is like eight, nine minutes long. So, it, it, I mean, mm. it's it's almost jam band esque how long mm-hmm. the intro is. And I listened <laughs> to this entire album today, and, and it's 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 pretty good. It's, it's Cures are not really my jam. I, I realize listening to that album, but a lot, like you said, Tal, a lot of the songs on on the album are like just long intros. That you're just like, is this, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's yeah. this still the fucking, like, which song is this? Oh, he's still in the intro of this song. I thought we had moved <laughs> on. But, uh, you know, he's he's indulgent. That's for sure.
2: The, the whole song is very poetic, but there's something about the end where it's just face value. Um, what does he say? There's nothing in the more than I ever wanted more than to feel you deep in my heart. It's like very just almost like childish, like. This is exactly how I feel, but there's something about the honesty of that that's nice. Well, this, this whole yeah. song
0: musically, if you want to get in the musical vibe and the production, the it it is very childlike in its you know, this isn't something like mm-hmm. like like, a, like you feel like an adult at 40 would write. Cuz yeah, it's yeah, just for too sure. earnest and too sincere and too innocent in its
3: pleading for you know, something that's been lost yeah 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 When you get to- even the sound of his voice though I feel like too even his the, the, just the tone or however you know I'm not uh, I don't know any of these the jargon when it comes to music, but like just in terms of this, the, purely the sound of his voice it's it's almost childlike yeah in a
0: way. Mm-hmm. he's like the you know? anti-teen heartthrob-hmm
3: mm-hmm. right.
2: It is funny though, um, Josh. You mentioned a live version. I listened to one that was from like 2018, and it sounded fucking awesome. I mean, I think it's because it, like, it he he set himself up. Like he he wasn't doing anything too crazy in, uh, like their their early work.
0: Um, yeah, he could what, sing, He could sing these songs until he's fucking 80. You know, I mean, it's it's.
2: Yeah, I was surprised though. I, I I heard it and I was like, "Is this from like the 90s?" Like, nope, 2018. <laughs>
0: he's not the, the the singing and 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 again the music. Like, it's not something that's like super difficult and complex that's going on here i mean it's a pretty straightforward kind of vibe that 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 they're getting at and i think you know production wise you know it's it's basically robert smith and this guy dave allen who worked with the cure he worked with depeche mode he worked with human league so like this is the sound that that those bands were, were were making at the time i and to me it's just all like i know you said it's nuanced and there's a lot and tal you said the the interplay between the stuff to me, it just sounds like one track of a lot of things kind of jangling and swirling along for seven it's, minutes.
2: It's jangling. Like I said, I think there's four guitars going on. And I do love the, um, there's a lot of low rattling notes. Um, some of it almost sounds like a sitar in there. Um, I'm not sure if it was or just an effect, but it may have been a synth up in there. You know, well, that.
0: so the, the lineup here is Robert Smith, vocals, baritone guitar, keyboards. And Paul mm, poor,
2: Baritone guitar. Yeah, there it is. Poor old Thompson on
0: guitar. Not poor old Thompson. Poor old <laughs> P O R L. Uh Simon Gallup on bass, Boris Williams on drums, and Roger O'Donnell on keys, which again, all of these guys got songwriting credit on this song, but also Lowell hmm. Tollhorse got songwriting credit, which he's in the band, but he didn't play on this track. So that's I mean, it's a pretty standard setup of a rock band.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I th- but I think there's layers. It, just because he was on uh, baritone guitar doesn't mean there wasn't four tracks of
0: baritone guitar. Oh, there's guitar. many fucking layers. Yeah. <laughs> but I, And I almost feel like they it's so nuanced because they do not want to detract from his vocal and what he's saying. I think uh, mm-hmm. the, the song is kind of just created mm-hmm. around the lyric and like, let's not detract much from the lyric. Let's create a bed that it can lie on and not really distract too much. It, or that's the way that I hear it.
3: Yeah. All right. And the intro is obviously a lot busier musically. Yes. So yeah. So they're, they're obviously they're like it's almost like they're they're building up to the vocals to the the sermon.
2: Yeah. You know.
3: Well, uh, the intro uh,
0: is a progression, it, is a chord progression that is not used at all in the rest of the song. <laughs> so it, yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, and they start on the what the five. Uh, yeah. And just a quick question: Is it the best use of chimes in pop rock? <laughs> <laughs> I, I i dare you to name a better one
0: i mean i can't really yeah I, sure i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you because i can't think of another song with chimes in it
3: it's a vibe it's a vibe i mean i feel like that's I mean, the perfect way to it. it's a vibe very much of the era for sure it, the, mm-hmm. the, it's the sound of that time uh, even though i think the spirit is still very popular today and uh the you know musically it's it, it dates itself in Yeah, a way and I
0: honestly, guess. I would think because again, I associate the Cure with an, the kind of the early 80s like new wave and stuff like that. I thought it was going to be more synthy, but it's it's not. I mean, it's really, you know, bass guitars, drums.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, there's
0: some keys in there, but it's it's not as new wavy. It's way more like you said, emo, emotional kind of rock than, than than new wave. This song at least. I don't know about the rest of their catalog, but Speaking about it, it, um, emotional, did y'all watch the video, the music video?
2: Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved the song, so obviously, I love the just very, it's a very kind of uh, straight ahead video. Like, let's just get a good setting, some grainy film. It's it's cool that it's like yeah. snowing with palm trees. I don't know where the hell they did that, but
0: <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. That this might be one of the best, my favorite videos we've we've done or that mm. I've seen from doing this, like the eight millimeter. The kind of stop-start mm-hmm. motion thing they're doing, they yeah. kind of you're, you can mistaken them from the palm with the palm trees at some point, and then they're just in the snow yeah. in the mountains somewhere, and then you can see the film set going on. It's yeah. just a complete like whatever. We're filming a music video. Here's
3: the yeah, music video. very classic. Yeah, and they show him with the eight yeah. millimeter camera at one point. So I wonder <laughs> if how much of it is just they him just say, all okay. Happens. Here's what we're doing. Here's my idea we're going to get a bunch of fake snow and just start filming stuff and playing the song. You know? And that's just, that's it's, his vision. It's for that quite song. the aesthetic. Uh, I will say that.
2: Yeah. They didn't try to get too creative and just like executed a band video very well.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you the other <laughs> thing that surprised me about this was Hey, other than coming out in 1990 was this was 283 on rolling stones top 500 songs
2: nice I can, that's I what we're talking, talking about
0: really surprised it was on there i'm not <laughs> gonna lie and to be that high i mean that's that's top 300 yeah, yeah that, that's why i'm right it is
2: Damn right its i, I did not even know that i would not have
0: expected but i was looking for it this song didn't chart at all which is somewhat surprising
3: interesting did do you remember did you see or do you remember how many songs they had? Was that their only song in that top five hundred? Um I didn't look for others in the I just asked because they have a bunch of like hits. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say this song was a hit. You said it yourself it didn't chart. Like they have some they had some big but hits. What that are I would what other hits were on this list?
2: They had Friday I'm in love, the one that's on this song, When I'm Alone With You.
3: Yeah. Um That's probably the one that I- Boys Don't Cry was an early one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big a hit that was. That was an early song. I mean, I
0: would say the, the, one on the, the other one on this album is the one I know the best of, mm-hmm. of The Cure. If you were like, what are their other big, big songs? Like Friday I'm In Love, sure, I know that. But I feel like I know that more from like a TV or, or movie or something yeah. that I can't think of. Yeah,
2: it's, it's funny. Um, I didn't even know this album very well. Uh, I just knew this song. Um, and Tao, you mentioned, what's it called, Plain
3: Song? Plain song. Yeah, yeah, so I put, I put on track. this
2: album the other day, and uh, I love that song. I was like, fuck yeah, here we go. Right in the pictures of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what else do you got?
3: <laughs> I, I
0: agree. I think that's the, the that was probably, uh, I mean, I would say this is probably my favorite song on the album, but that would probably be the, the second best song on on the album. I've just heard the, the popular one a little too much. To mm-hmm. Really, just. that's just, I don't need to hear that song again. What What's the name of it again? <sighs>
2: I don't know. Plain song. No. The, bah, 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 bah.
0: Love song. It's oh, called love, love songs. songs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> love song. I don't need to hear again. But, um, but but speaking but speaking of hearing things, I think that's that's time to bring us into the vibe time portion of this podcast. Now, Tal, I did not tell you this before, but the guest has to bring <laughs> us into the vibe time portion of this podcast. All right, so
2: whatever you whatever want you want
0: to do. do. So, Tal, bring us into vibe time in three two, one.
3: I can't believe she broke up with me, man. Perfect. <laughs> <you believe> that? <laughs> that's, that's good. That's just, that's the, that's the first thing that popped in my head. This into this whole, I was like, do you believe it? I can't believe it.
0: Tears, tears, <laughs> white, white face paint yeah. lipstick and tears. That's, that's the vibe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Neil, spray. what's, um, it's your song. When specifically do you want to hear pictures of you? By well, here?
2: I want to go back to the first time I heard it on that mixtape I was talking about. I was driving through the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, close to Boone, North Carolina, driving home at like on a moonlit night, like just huge mountains um, and just kind of on a night road trip. So it was perfect for that because I needed to fill time. And I was just like, damn, this is a good song. Definitely, definitely high. <laughs> definitely high. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a, a, a obviously that it hit me that night because we're still talking about it today. So mountains,
0: you want to be in the mountains. Yeah. All right. Um, I specifically like when I hear this, like when I'm occasionally listening to the radio in my truck and like I turn it on and this song is on and I'm like, Oh yeah, I like this song. And then after 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) find something that I'm going to get more emotionally invested in. (laughs) Because just on top of that, it's not a very, like, sing-along song either. It's really something that's meant no, to be listened to listen. and not yeah, to yeah. be, like, sung with. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe the, the kind of first bridge where he's like, If
1: only <laughs> I could think of the right words. But
0: even that, not really. <laughs> Tao, when specifically would you want to hear this song?
3: <laughs> I'm getting the theme here that Josh wasn't thrilled by this choice. But anyways. oh uh, well, he's
2: singing a better tune than he was the other night. I thought I was in for it. Okay.
3: <laughs> again i feel like this is like just you know nursing uh i mean it's of, i it's taken me back to that time in my life too when the cure were popular but it's like you know nursing a, a bad breakup you know with like a beer or <laughs> some, some sort of drink yeah. in your hand and like uh and you know i wasn't that upset about it you know 10 minutes ago but then this song <laughs> came on and now i'm really and now i'm gonna go get a pack of smoke really kind of <laughs> and- get yeah, seriously, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some feelings over here. But I'm going to make sudden.
0: a night of this uh, self-loathing. Uh- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Got
2: to find that courage to let it all go. Well,
0: well speaking yeah. of grabbing a beer and a pack of cigs and, and really diving into self-loathing, I think that's going to bring us to... to <laughs> let's let's slide under the influence and talk about the influences of this song. Uh, I'll get us started here. I, w- whenever I heard this song, I'm just like, it takes me to a specific time of... Like I'm like this. Song, why, why does this song not have its "Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel" in say anything moment? Like I feel like this could mm-hmm. be, this should yeah. be. But like whenever mm-hmm. I heard it, I was like, this feel. This just reminds me of that song, and that's what I always thought about when I listened to it. Like this, there's a, such a certain vibe here of like maybe a little sadder than that moment, but
2: yeah, it's been used a lot in film and TV, but nothing epic. Nothing like I I looked through the list and I was like, eh. Yeah, I, nothing super memorable.
0: Tal, what about you? What does this remind you of? Where do you think this came from? Just something. So, a song that sounds like it.
3: Yeah, it's just like, for me, it's it's kind of just an iconic artist and an iconic band in their, probably their, around their prime. It's like a proto, like very few bands sound like The Cure and very few artists sound like Robert Smith and this song sounds the most like them arguably of all their songs it's just like such a prototypical robert smith cure song so it's kind of like you know how would i describe that i mean it's 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 just a, it's like a perf- perfectly preserved musical mm-hmm. moment in time it's this band uh, during their era It doesn't sound really like anything that's coming out now. It didn't really sound like anything that was coming out before then. It's like a time capsule. So you're saying they were influenced by The Cure. (laughs) I think so. I think they're a very original band. I, I I don't know who, you know, I have no idea who Robert Smith's musical influences are. I just I think they're. I mean, they're not unique. I because... would assume it's a broad spectrum. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably. I mean. I don't know. That's the thing. I. I find. I feel like he's fairly iconic as an artist, but I don't could, know anything. Yeah.
0: Because you could him. take like yeah. you could find like Bowie, so. Bowie in there, and you could also find like R and B. That's the time in there. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, there's there's a lot of stuff that. Yeah. Uh, and then moving forward, I think you could also find some Billy Corgan in there. <laughs> Billy oh, Corgan yeah. <laughs>
2: certainly. Yeah. There's there's a lot of Corgan.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: um, you Neil, know, what about you? Yeah.
2: And yeah, Tao, you had mentioned New Order previously in the pod, like stuff like that for sure, Hmm. Soft Cell, like all the new wave stuff of the 80s you can hear that in here a little bit Yeah, and then moving forward certainly Smashing Pumpkins, The Killers uh, even like there's some more obscure bands like Twin Shadow and Temper Trap. Um, Trap and one thing it really reminded me of that I'm wondering if Ray LaMontagne was thinking of this song during Jolene when he's talking about picture of you holding a picture of me in the pocket of my blue jeans.
0: Uh, Neil, going <laughs> deep into, into a and song lyric. For,
3: for one
2: months. more. They never, we haven't gotten to covers and they didn't do it, but I would like to hear Band of Horses do this song with that twang. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd probably be good.
0: He could, they, they could mm-hmm. probably pull that off and they're they're a little emo they can get a little emo sometimes
2: oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. very very emo um,
2: nothing in the world <laughs>
0: well speaking of, of getting emo uh, Tao, this is the the point of the night where we ask all of our guests to join us under the covers for a little bit uh, as we discuss uh, <laughs> any covers of this song that anyone heard or even different versions of this song um, Tao, did you hear any covers or see they're there,
3: yeah, I found one. I found one by an artist named Angie Hart. I don't I don't know much about her, but it was uh, just her on a piano. Uh-huh. It was kind of slowed down a little bit. It was a different vibe. But still, I felt she did a great job kind of imbo- you know, emulating the the emotion, the heft. I guess, and the message yeah. of the song. Yeah. yeah Where did you find so, that? I looked for
0: that one because I, 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 I read about it.
3: I don't remember. I just looked online and stumbled upon it. A- Angie Hart, H-A-R-T is the name of the artist. Okay. Um, that's the only one I found, and I, I liked it. I, I, you know, I dug it. it, it I, I was kind of curious if there were more um, maybe contemporary takes on some of their music, because like I said, it is kind of dated, but uh, I, haven't, I didn't find I, that many, at least not of the more obscure. I songs. only
0: heard one, and it was by Lit, and it was way too Oof. emo. It was, it was not lit. Not, wow. Not, not a good version. I wouldn't. I wouldn't not, suggest yeah. uh, giving a listen to it.
2: Yeah, there's 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 some. I mean, with nothing to write home about. I mean, I I was disappointed in every single cover I heard. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of songs on Spotify called "Pictures of You." That is not this song. Oh yeah, there's a one um, by Drug
0: Dealer though. That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, I heard that one. It's cool. Very different. But, um, I definitely listened to the, uh, the dub remix, which is kind of cool. It's, it's very mm. similar,
0: completely different rhythm. Yeah. Like, were, like the
2: drum beats a yeah. lot different, but it's cool. I mean, it, it it's, it's very true to the song. It's just kind of a little different. Um, I didn't mind that one.
0: Honestly, just because there was some kind of variation that was different.
2: Yeah. I heard this, uh, these two guys on acoustic guitar doing it on YouTube, something called, I guess they're kind of blues players, uh, and it was fine, but it was kind of like I listened to it, and I was like, that's how we should cover it, but better. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cover so we'll it. see. We'll, better, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. we'll see how much better it is. Well,
0: uh, that's going to bring us to the final portion of the podcast, which is the shoe-fitting portion. Neil, it is your uh, song. So how does the shoe fit for Pictures of You by The Cure?
2: Um it fits very well, and just keeping with the theme, I think it's um kind of like a beat up pair of high top vans, and they're kind of crimson and black, like very dark a uh, little color in there, but mostly red and black
0: red and black interesting okay, tal, what about you How does the shoe fit wow, i was
3: i I was thinking vans too honestly, like I was the same kind of you know beat up weathered slip on mm-hmm Casuals, is it, you know? This is oh, a, wow. Do I have to think no, of a different No, no, one? no, we, we, no. It's all, this, no. Honestly, this, there's only so that, many
2: shoes.
0: <laughs> that's true. This is the second straight episode that we've had two vans. I mean, vans fit
3: a lot of bands. Now, for me... That's true. Or slippers, perhaps. Some oh, like, yeah.
2: Th- yeah, while you're you sifting know, through pl- your old plush, pictures.
3: Plush, exactly. <laughs> plush slippers while you're sitting on your bed. Tearing you know, up just, pictures. Uh, yeah, tearing up pictures. A exactly. robe
0: and slippers. Yes, that, 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 that works. <laughs> <laughs> that works well. Um,
3: and tears, wearing a yeah. lot of tears. I, would,
0: I, I was going to go a different <laughs> direction and say this fits like something leather that like looks pretty good, but they get pretty pretty warm after a while, and, and your foot starts sweating, and then you gotta, you got to take them off before, mm-hmm. before, it, before it gets too Did hot too in there. Too much jangling around.
1: <laughs>
0: huh. uh, and on that note, our cover of The Cure's Pictures of You.
1: so long at these pictures of you that i almost believe that they're real i've been living so long with my pictures of you that i almost believe that the picture's wrong As I ran to your heart to be near and we kissed as the sky fell in, holding you close how I always held close in your feet remembering you running soft through the night you were bigger and brighter and whiter than snow and screaming. And you finally found all your courage to let it all. lost in the cold you were always so lost in the dark remembering you how you used to be slow drown you were angels so much more than everything hold for the last time slip away quietly open my
2: Okay, the cover you just heard was performed by neil marsh and josh bond thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and rate on apple or itunes or spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week it's your week josh what are we going to listen to
0: we are going to talk about the band of horses and their
1: song the funeral can't wait <laughs> <laughs>